0: Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with
1: Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.
0: Hey now! Hello, friends.
1: Oh, it's uh, Tuesday. It's the end of the month. Payday for a lot of people.
0: That's right. End of January and so tomorrow begins February.
1: I want to thank everybody who has made the effort to tune into our second morning show on Energy 95.3. Uh, we're just finishing the show. We just got into the studio. We came over into our podcast studio, and I feel like things are going pretty well now. We worked out some technical issues, uh-huh. and it's, it's not perfect yet, but I feel like we're getting closer. So if, yep. if you haven't discovered the morning show yet, you can listen to us on 91.5 FM or 93, 95.3.
0: Jesus. I know. Okay, so it's, it's, a, it's a lot of numbers, but Energy 95.3 is the other one. And then we are also on, still doing our evening show thing, um, Fresh 93.1, that's out of uh, Barrie. Radio Player Canada, though, is great, I find, because you can stream it anywhere. But for those of you who don't get a chance to stream or it's just not convenient for you or whatever the, the reason, uh, 95.3 if you're outside of the listening range for 91.5 in the morning from 5.30 to 9.30.
1: Great if you're in the car and running low on data that month. You yeah. can actually listen to FM radio no data charges. Uh, Kat, there's a lot of things that I want to get to in this episode. And um, we're going to start here because I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I want to be very, very clear that I think, I think, I don't know. I think I support this, but it's really kind of fucking weird that it is now legal to possess heroin and fentanyl in British Columbia. As of, as of today, Small amounts of illicit drugs are decriminalized in B.C. The federal government has exempted British Columbia from certain drug laws for three years on a trial basis. Mm. Substance users are able to possess up to two and a half grams of opioids such as heroin and fentanyl. And this is because on average, six people a day die from overdoses in B.C., Okay, I'm going to suggest we should also get them more naloxone and and teach more people how to use it because yeah. that stuff saves lives. And I get that we're in the middle of an opioid crisis, but I remember a time yesterday when it was illegal <laughs> yeah. to carry heroin. It just doesn't seem right.
0: I Is this to avoid? Okay, what is the purpose? Tell me, because I know it's it's been explained to me before when this first was brought to light, but explain to me again the purpose of doing this. It for the positive.
1: Yeah. And I think people need to hear the positives. Because yeah. again, I th- I'm really leaning towards I support this because it does destigmatize it and it allows people to go into safer places to use. And if they're gonna use anyway, which we know they will because they've got an actual addiction, probably through no fault of their own, there's a lot of drug companies that are facing pretty serious billion-dollar lawsuits over the fact that people are addicted to opioids. So I mean they're addicted. We need them using safely so they're not killing themselves or contracting other diseases from the, the needle supply. And um, uh, we're not going to waste the cops time busting junkies that really can't help it. And, and police mm-hmm. do use up a ton of resources, arresting people, yeah. confiscating drugs, small amounts. Now, if they can have it and they know they're not going to get in trouble for it, they will be much more likely to come forward to ask for help and things like that.
0: And go to those centers where you can use there safely, correct?
1: Like the safe consumption sites, yeah. 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 And I mean, here we have self con- or safe consumption sites and, and I, I think it's been a good experiment. I know that not everybody agrees with that, but I, uh, I, I just think about these people that again, are facing an addiction and in a lot of cases through no fault of their own, they don't really have an alternative. And if they're gonna do it anyway, I think they should be safe. Mm -hmm. I just still find it strange that you can walk down the street with heroin in your pocket with no worries Mm -hmm. whatsoever. I'm also worried, though, about people who are not necessarily addicts. They just like to party because there's much more drugs than just uh, heroin and fentanyl. This is illicit drugs are basically decriminalized. So can anybody say, hey, you know what? Uh, First weekend of February, we're going to celebrate. Let's grab some Coke. And you can't get in trouble for that anymore.
0: Yeah, so could this make things worse? I guess, is this one of these things where it is a bit of an experiment to find out? I don't know how how often that would happen, by the way. Like, I've never done those kinds of drugs in my life. Mm-hmm. It never would there be a circumstance where someone calls me like, hey, cat, why don't you do cocaine this weekend? I'm like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, I won't get in trouble. Like, I'm not interested. But that's like a, a one situation. That's one scenario. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know because I don't know enough about the reasons why they're doing it compared to why they shouldn't do it. So... I'm hoping for the best, and I'm kind of trusting that that judgment was the correct call. I don't know.
1: Well, again, this is only in British Columbia. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Before you go whipping out your illicit drugs. Give me some heroin! It's not in Ontario at all.
1: It could come to Ontario, it though. It could. It could. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if it does. All we need is an exemption from the federal government and a little bit of notice. So this actually got approved months and months and months right. ago. Yeah. It's just coming into effect today. Again, you can carry up to two and a half grams of opioids and certain illicit drugs. Consequence free. Yeah.
0: I wonder if this is one of those things, though, kind of like when pot was legalized here where people think the worst, like, oh, fuck, here we go. Everyone's going to be high all the time. And they're going to
1: be drinking or they're going to be smoking and driving. Yeah,
0: that's definitely not the case. So uh, let's hope for the best here. And I hope that all the outcomes that they want out of this decision happen and nothing bad comes of it.
1: We got some mixed messaging yesterday on COVID. First, the World Health Organization declined to end the world emergency when it comes to the pandemic. So it's still an emergency worldwide COVID-19. But U.S. President Joe Biden said, nah, we're ending it. So the U.S. government had promised that they would give 60 days notice before they ended the federal emergency. And they had to do that for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is insurance. A lot of people opted in to get health insurance once the pandemic hit because they thought, I'm fucked with no insurance if I happen to catch COVID. And a lot of people caught COVID. So they promised they would give notice. This means that the tests that everybody gets are no longer free. The vaccines are no longer free. It's going to cost $130 to get a shot if you want to continue on with your series of boosters. But it's coming to an end May the 11th. That's when the uh, emergency in America will be over. They say that formally restructures the federal coronavirus response to treat it as an endemic threat to public health. It's been nearly three years. Mm -hmm. In fact, it will be three years since they declared it an emergency.
0: A little over, a little overdue.
1: I would say so. Well, I mean, it's weird, the disconnect, right, between the officials and the public. Because if you walk down the street, I mean, there's a bus stop right over there. If I walked over there and said, do you think COVID's an emergency? Nobody would say Nobody. yes. Nobody.
0: Yeah. Nobody.
1: Yeah. However, they're also trying to, I guess they're thinking about other parts of the world. I honestly don't know what's going on with COVID and the rest of the world because I'm so tuned out of all that shit. But, and I also think it's weird that they've put a date on it. May the 11th is officially when covid ends in america it's just
0: giving people a little time to to think about it right i guess that's all they like, oh, go is it over uh, am i sure and then also it is the warmer weather that comes into play right for those um especially for those states right that they're receiving weather like we are receiving in canada once that weather gets better we all know how it works right you're outside more so maybe that makes people more comfortable and then you don't need to worry about like being in an emergency ever again after that, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I I guess. Yeah, you're right. Let's hope we never go back down that road. God. We knew this was coming. The Ontario Nurses Association says it's time. They've officially started their contract negotiations. Okay. These are the same Ontario nurses, by the way, that have been capped at a 1% pay increase for three years because of Bill 124. Now they can negotiate freely, and the Ontario Nurses Association says they are seeking, and I quote, Far more in wages after Bill 124 capped their increases at 1% for three years. Members can't legally strike, so they'll be wearing stickers at work highlighting some of the different contract demands that they have. And they're going to be holding information pickets at the hospital next month. Is it a picket like if I go to... uh, I don't know, the Maple Lodge Farms factory and there's people on strike or something and I can't get in and buy a bag of chicken wings. Is it like that? Can they stop you from going into the building or hold you there temporarily? Or are they just going to be there if you want to talk to them? It
0: sounds like it's more of an informational and educational thing. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, wearing stickers, for example, that's one way to do it. And then people who are there in their presence who are obviously thankful for them. If, you're, if you find yourself in front of a nurse. There's lots of reasons to be thankful for that nurse that's in front of you right now. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I think especially like letting those people know, hey, you needed me, don't you? You, you Did you know that we're not getting what we're supposed to get? Here's the facts. Here's the information. I'm assuming that's what it's going to be more like. I hope that they, I mean, it, it's much like we talked about education. I, I mean, nurses are so important. I think we all know that. And I think uh, there were way too many that ha- that felt they had to leave because of what happened during COVID, right? They were overworked and not paid what they felt that they deserved. And I understand that. And I respect that. So I hope that we can come to some kind of a logical conclusion.
1: This is going to give nurses a really interesting choice to make because whatever they work out, and I have no doubt, it's probably going to be a fairly sizable increase. I'm thinking probably in and around a 5% pay increase, which uh, I don't know if that's the exact number, but I think that's going to be pretty close. So- They can get that big pay increase, continuing to work where they're working, or with all these private clinics opening up to offer the various surgical procedures and stuff that the government said, we're going to let some of the private healthcare providers do, they can go to those other providers and negotiate a better deal. And I'm wondering, how important is it to you to stay in the public system? Because if you get a a plastic surgeon who's looking for a nurse, and that plastic surgeon knows you're making, say, 35 bucks an hour at the hospital we'll pay you 37. Are you taking that private gig or are you going to stay where you are? I think we're about to go through a pretty defining moment mm-hmm. in healthcare where people choose. Hey, I want to keep working in the ER. Great. Thank God. Cause we need people.
0: Yeah. That's or, the thing. You have to appreciate those people. You have to give them what they want. I think so.
1: I think so too. If there's going to be that many nurses that are going to take the option to go and work in a private clinic and I don't blame them at all. If they want to do that, it's probably a nice change of pace. It's a, Probably a nicer environment, and there's a lot of reasons that they might do that. We got to pay the ones that stay in the public system exceptionally well, or there might not be a public system, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Let's see here. We have uh, new numbers that say we're not going to hit our Paris Agreement climate goals, Kat.
0: Mm, That's too bad. This planets is, kind of important.
1: This is interesting how they did it. They used artificial intelligence to run the numbers and calculate out how different parts of the world are warming. And they say we're going to breach the 2015 Paris Agreement's goal of limiting warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius within a decade. Earth has already warmed 1.1 1. 1 to 1. 1.2 degrees since the pre-industrial times. So the journal in Pinas also shows AI predicting the planet's going to hit the 2 degree threshold warmer... Around the middle of the century, so about 25 years from now, they say even with sharp pollution cuts, there's nothing we can do to stop it from hitting two degrees warmer by 2050.
0: Really? That's
1: what they say. I mean, hey, listen, I know that there's some people who who do not want to go down the green road. I don't think there's anything you can do to stop it at this point. I feel like we might as well just embrace it. Now, we can argue about how we get there and whether or not carbon taxes and such are essential, but we're warming way faster than we should be, way warmer than we thought we would be. So maybe we should just jump on board here. I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it.
0: A lot of our green initiatives that we have going here are going to give people no choice anyway. I mean, you look, and again, these are all small things, but small things add up. When you look at, uh, I mean, electric cars being one of them, we know that eventually the the ones that are powered by gas, gasoline, will not be around eventually, right? That's that's a slow process, but it'll eventually happen. Uh, the plastic bag usage or single-use plastic and all these other things. Sure, they're all a lot of little things, but we're hoping that that makes a difference, you know? Uh, I'm, I'd like to think that we're doing all of this for something, but I agree with that we should kind of embrace it or at least take a look at your own life. You don't have to be perfect. Nobody is. Nobody is, but even, you know, for myself, I look at what I can do simple things like I can change this or that, and hopefully that'll all come together and help
1: a piece of shopping mall. History is coming down cat West Edmonton mall says the Mindbender, bender, the world's tallest and longest indoor triple loop <gasps> ride, which has been in operation for almost 40 years is coming down. Now, in 1986, three people were killed on that roller coaster, forcing the mall to shut it down for a year while they made safety modifications. And since then, the safety record is much better. But the mall's vice president of parks and attractions says they're excited to announce new plans for the site are in the works. I've never. Wait a
0: minute. Just for the roller coaster or for the whole site? like for the all of the other rides. So, just for that one?
1: As I understand it, West Edmonton Mall. Cuz I've
0: been there. I was just there over the summer. Okay. So I can tell you that what there's like this there's a couple of different areas to like the fun place in that's inside the mall with the roller coaster. And there's like basically what you'd look at as a little carnival that happens in one side. So there's like an indoor kids play place which is like a climbing structure and slides and things like that. Then you've got rides. There's bumper cars, for example. There's two different sets of bumper cars in fact, one for little little kids, one for bigger kids. Then you've got, uh, you know, the merry-go-rounds, all your classic kind of shit. You've got the t- big twirly rides that are up in the air. And then this massive roller coaster that kind of goes around one section of it. So you get on over here, but you can actually watch the roller coaster go around the entire thing. And it's very, very large. Just picture a really large indoor space, like an arena of, of sorts, right? Where all of this is housed. Okay. But what I'm wondering is, are they just taking out that roller coaster from the from those portions of it? Or are they going to – because some of that shit needs to go. I'm just going to be completely frank with you. The West Edmonton Mall was really run down. I was not impressed, and I remember hearing about it since I was a kid. Since I was a kid, I remember hearing about how cool the West Edmonton Mall was. Biggest mall ever. Oh, my God, you got to check it out. So I finally went. And in looking around, I thought, this place needs to be fixed up and cleaned up. It's got lots of great amenities. Don't get me wrong. It's a huge mall, and you could spend all day there, and you still wouldn't hit everything. Like, literally all day. You still wouldn't be able to see everything. But it actually, some of the rides and that attractions in that spot kind of worried me a little bit. I thought, I don't think I want to do that. It kind of is like carnival-esque, where I feel like, how long has this been around for? Who's watching? Who's looking out for this? The people and the staff, by the way, I just had a ba- not a great experience with it at all. But there were some worries I had, honestly, when I looked at that. And then I heard that it had been around for a long time. And I thought, okay. Um, but the, the roller coaster, I think it's okay if it goes. I don't know how many people are going to be sad about it. It's neat to say you rode a roller coaster in a mall. Yeah, but it's probably for the best. Let me answer a couple of your questions.
1: It's been around for 40 years yeah. and the person running it is making minimum wage. Probably as a part-time job. So it's not exactly like state-of-the-art technology like you'd see at Wonderland or at any of the Six Flags or anything like that. They do have cool
0: things. I mean, but they do have very cool things. It's just that some of it, you can tell the ones that have been there a long time. It's almost like when you do go to, you know, a Canada's Wonderland or anything like that. There are rides that have been there a long time. There are rides that are newer. There are attractions that you think, well, I should probably, and and Disney World. I mean, you name it, right? There's ones that have been around for so long. You're like, you should probably fucking clean this up and change it up. That's just the feeling I got throughout most of it. Okay.
1: What should they do with it? Do they need to put in another roller coaster or can we just have stores in the mall? Can I just go there and get a um, Valentine's gift and get out of there? Or do I have to wander through all these people waiting in line to go on a fucking merry-go-round all, or a roller coaster or the Tilt-A-Whirl? If
0: you want to run in and get something and get out, you're at the wrong place. Don't go to the West Edmonton Mall if you're just looking to pick one thing up. It's way too big, way too packed and crowded. It's insane. Never would I do that. But they do have a ton of stores. Like they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stores as is. With that area, they could probably put in something new. Yeah, that would that would be more for the kids' attraction because people do go there and actually like vacation with their family and and take that in as one of the things that they do. It just is. There's the water park. Don't forget too. But that's on the other side. The water park is actually really neat and it has the the wave pool and everything else in it. A Wave? Yeah,
1: there's a wave pool. How fucking big is this mall?
0: Are you serious? This is the biggest mall in the world.
1: I spent a week in Edmonton, but I was there for government hearings and I was in the uh, the ballroom of a hotel preparing for those meetings, and I only left to get food and it was only to like the McDonald's or the fast food restaurants across the street. No,
0: it's the biggest mall. Like, isn't it still, does it still have the title? It's like the biggest mall in, at least in North America. I'm not sure about the world. Bigger than Von Mills? Y- yeah. Is it bigger than you should, you should We should Google this because I'm telling you it's, it's, it's the biggest. It's the size of like a city. It's fucking massive. Okay. Not my jam then
1: because I really
0: just want to get you in and get you out. Wouldn't, you wouldn't find yourself there anyway. They're going
1: to uh, replace the roller coaster portion, but they haven't said what they're going to replace it with. I have to think that whatever it is is going to reinvigorate the mall.
0: 5.3 million square feet.
1: Wow. Is it the biggest then?
0: <sighs> um. It's the size of a small city. This is on, yeah, this is the actual West Edmonton Mall uh, website. And also accredited as a zoo. There was a zoo in it too. I forgot to tell you that part. Oh, for God's sake. 800 stores, more than 800 stores and services, including 12 world-class attractions, two hotels inside, over 100 dining venues. Actually, their dining area is fucking sweet. So remember I told you it's run down and stuff? <laughs> the dining area, I will mention, is actually really cool. There's several food courts and stuff, but I'm not talking about that. There's like one area, it's like a, a club. Like when you go in, it's all dark lit, but they're like nice steak restaurants and stuff. You feel like you're walking down a street that's just filled with different, really nice restaurants. So that I, that's incredible. It really is. Do, um, yeah, it's massive. Do people go
1: to Edmonton just to go to this mall or is it just where oh, you go? If you happen to be in Edmonton,
0: it's the number one. I mean, it's definitely the number one attraction in Edmonton. I don't want to say Alberta cause we all know there's lots of great things in Alberta, so I wouldn't call it that, but in, Calgary's in Edmonton. Calgary's great. Yeah, that's the thing. Calgary's great. I mean, there's a lot of great things. Banff is best. But I, I would say that that's, that's the top. And if you're in Edmonton, you're, you're visiting. You're going there. Absolutely. Kat,
1: tomorrow marks uh, two weeks until Valentine's Day. If you are ordering something online, they sh- they say you should probably get on top of that because, well, shipping delay, supply chain, bullshit, yada, yada, yada. It's probably going to be late if you don't hurry up and order it. Now, with Valentine's Day just around the corner, we get this every year from the National Retail Federation the estimate on how much we're going to spend. They say on average, it's going to be $192.80 this year. That's up from $175 last year, but it's down from pre-pandemic. Most people are planning to spend the same amount on their family members and significant others. It works out to about $130 or two-thirds of the budget. The increase is in the non-Valentine category coworkers, classmates, teachers, and pets. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, do you, do you write out valentines for your girls to give out to their classmates?
0: So we just we just got our valentines. Yes, I will. But I, I like to make it easy though, because it's a lot. So usually I'll just say from, you know, from them kind of thing. So we won't personalize every single one of them for every single classmate. But I think that that's a nice gesture. If you can do it, sure, why not?
1: 57% are going to pick up candy. 40% are going to get a card. Others are going to shell out more for things like flowers, an evening out, an experience, jewelry, gift cards, and clothing. But, of course, not everyone celebrates Valentine's Day. Sure. 28% are going to mark the, the day in some way, usually with some non-Valentine's gifts or singles nights. Okay. Why isn't Valentine's Day promoted as more of a singles occasion? I mean, the clubs all go crazy, for example, when it's the end of exams, which it actually almost is. End of exams, or it's uh, the Easter weekend, or it's Halloween. They go all out. I don't know why people aren't going out of their way to promote singles events on Valentine's Day, but I haven't heard anything this year.
0: No, not really. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, other than in the stores, I do see a lot of Valentine's Day stuff. I like that restaurants do things, but usually it is tailored to couples. It's not, they don't say you have to be a couple to come enjoy this, but you, they are also not offering, Hey, come with your friend and get this. It's like you split a heart shaped something, Mm. you know? So it is very, very much tailored to couples. I would imagine that oh, there's a lot of single people that'll probably get together with their single friends and do something, but you don't have to like no pressure to do any of it, by the way. Why do we, I hope nobody feels pressured to do anything at all, whether you're in a relationship or not.
1: So you're not anti-Valentine's, you're anti-Hallmark portion of Valentine's. Is that
0: the way to describe it? I mean, it? Kind of. I, 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 use the day I usually give my a gift to my kids. That's what I do. Like I, I, my husband and I have our own dates. We have our own days that are important to us and Valentine's day just isn't really one of them.
1: I uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do this year. Girlfriend and I have agreed we're gonna keep it low key because we are unfortunately suffering from a variable rate mortgage at the moment, <laughs> and it, it's an affliction. There's that's no affecting cure for that many. yet.
0: There's no cure for that yet.
1: No, I, I really hope that they uh. they're, they're working on a cure for that, but as of right now, it is still running rampant, and and so we said we would keep it low key. But I thought it was really weird. I was at the dentist yesterday, and I was just getting a little crack in a tooth filled. And while the dentist, was, I think she was trying to distract me when she put the needle in because it yeah. says right on my file, afraid of needles. Right. She said, so, any plans for Valentine's Day? And at first, I was just going to answer the question like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm going to go out with a girlfriend, whatever, maybe dinner. And then I thought, why are you asking me that? That's a weird question for the dentist to ask me when I'm about to get a shot of freezing. Any plans for Valentine's Day? She's actually a good looking woman. Is it, was she picking me up? Or was she really just trying to distract Probably me while she gave me a Probably just trying to do her
0: job, yeah. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, well, my ego was feeling pretty good for a few yeah. minutes there.
0: I mean, would you have rather, sh- if she's not picking up, her to say, what are your plans for Groundhog Day? <laughs> <laughs> It just so happens. Watch cat lose her shit
1: that people listen to a groundhog.
0: It just so happens that that's the next occasion. So she's going to ask you. If it was Christmas, she would have said, hey, what are you doing for Christmas? You know what I mean? If it was almost Easter, she probably would have asked, hey, what are you doing for Easter? She was just distracting you.
1: Got it. Uh, That feeling when you've got dental freezing in is very similar to this. If you're stuck in traffic right now as you're listening to After 9, you're actually getting stupider. (laughs)
0: Listening to after nine, most days, does it help or not? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Researchers found the exhaust. Hang on, I just dropped my pen. Give me a second. (laughs)
0: Do you need that? To get to, there you go.
1: If it were the radio, I like to talk with a pen in my hand. I'm not sure why.
0: It happens. If
1: it were the radio show, I would have covered that up. But you guys are cool. You're in on it. You're, you're podcast listeners, and that's great. I like great. talking
0: with scissors in my hands. It's a weird thing I have. I'm just kidding. I'm fucking around. There's scissors right here. Okay, why go ahead. do we have scissors I have no, in here? Uh, who needs these scissors? I don't know.
1: Never cut a single thing in here. Who's, Never once.
0: What, what Yeah, what are you going to cut?
1: Researchers found the exhaust from cars and big trucks on the road is breaking our brains, at least temporarily. 25 healthy adults volunteered to do this. Breathe in diesel fumes and other car exhaust fumes. They scanned their brains. MRI results showed lower functional connectivity in the brain, meaning they couldn't think as clearly because different parts of their brain weren't communicating well. It's also been linked to depression. So if you're sitting in traffic just feeling fucking miserable it actually might not be something wrong with you it, it's actually the traffic and the result of the atmosphere that you're in
0: see and here we're thinking I mean we all knew that it's not necessarily good for your body right to be sitting in a car for a long period of time we all know that that's why they say you know get out and stretch but now we basically have to do this with our brains too For in the car for too long it's not right. Is there anything we can do to help this?
1: Well, they say two hours of sitting in traffic will have a noticeable effect on your brain power short term. It could possibly cause ongoing issues if you're exposed to those fumes every day. But there is something you can do about it. They say, number one, keep your windows up when you're stuck in traffic. No problem right now. It's freaking no cold one's, out yeah, there.
0: Yeah, no one's interested in putting it down. Okay.
1: And make sure your cabin air filter isn't too old.
0: Aha. Uh-huh.
1: You know that upsell that they always give you at like Mr. Lube and places like that? Would you like us to change the cabin air filters? I almost always say no because I thought there's nothing really contaminated in the car. Yeah, it's the fumes from outside oh, that it really mainly it protects you from.
0: Listen, your mechanic, I know your mechanic, who's lovely. He texted me this morning, actually. Did he hear that part? Uh, he did, actually. Did he say, actually. change your cabin filter, you asshole? He said, <laughs> I always
1: change your cabin air filter so you know, and when are, when are we getting together for dinner at your place? He hosted us last time, so yeah, he's coming over soon.
0: Okay, very good. Okay, th- these are good tips, though, I think. that I, I, Filters are important. I was just learning about more about f- Furnace filters too and how important that is for your home. So it makes sense that it's very important for your car because it's about you and your body and what you're breathing in, right?
1: I'm going to tell you something about furnace filters. I'm glad you mentioned that because when I bought the house, it had this weird furnace filter, one I'd never seen before. Really? It needs to plug in the furnace filter and I've got a second like thermostat Ah. on the wall. Beside the thermostat is the control for the filter and it controls the filter and the humidity that comes into the house. Great. Well, the filter needed to be replaced. And I didn't know where to get a replacement for this particular one. So I just, I stuck a regular furnace filter in there. You know, like the ones you get (gasps) from like Home Depot and places like like that. a regular Joe. Well, it said 3M and it filters billions of particles and shit. And I thought, okay, this is great. It occurred to me, the third time I had a cold in the last month. It's got to be the air filter. I went the entire year without getting (gasps) sick. I dodged two different waves of COVID and never got sick with this electrostatic furnace filter. As soon as I went to the regular ones that you go and buy off the shelf at the store, boom, everybody's
0: getting fucking sick. So do you have to especially order these online or something like that? These smart ones? I wish I
1: knew. I don't know where to get the replacements. Otherwise, I would have. Apparently, they're good for like a year or two years, and they cost like 60 bucks or something, but it actually saves you money in the long run. And because of the way it works, I don't know why you would need to plug in the filter, but whatever it's doing, it's sucking way more out of the air than a regular furnace filter Hmm. would. I highly recommend it if you can figure out what the hell they're called or what they do.
0: Change your filters, everybody. (laughs)
1: Words to live by, though. I mean, how many people don't? Yeah. There's so many people that think, I just don't want to spend 30 bucks or I don't want to go Honestly, down to the furnace and figure out what size the filter is and honest, stuff like that.
0: I I I came on my For You page on TikTok because, of course, everything comes down from TikTok. But sometimes you do learn things. And one of them was a, a guy. who That's what he does for a living, right? So he was showing people this is the reason why you need to do it. And especially if you have animals in your house, especially, especially, it doesn't even matter if you don't, but if you do, especially make sure that you're doing it and way more often than you think too. And he was also going on about all those millions of particle things you were saying, because there's a certain amount that if you get past that, you're just wasting your money. So there's actually like a certain number that you can hit that makes sense for the size of square footage of your house. Ah. So if you're buying this one that's for like this and that and that, you're probably buying something that you don't need. But the bigger the house, the more the stronger the filter. Like all these things that people I don't think think even bother to ask someone at Home Depot, for example, when you're usually buying your filters. But there's a lot more to it. This is this has been Filter Talk on After 9 Podcast, brought to you by 3M. Well, I was just thought
1: it was funny that you mentioned it. In any case, when you're stuck in traffic, uh, put up the windows, make sure your cabin yeah. air filters are good, and you won't be as stupid as you would normally be, or uh, you will be stupider than you currently are, Right, I, I guess is what they're sure. saying.
0: Yeah. And if you are stupid, you have an excuse now? <laughs> I was in the car for a long time today. Don't mind me. Well, hey, I mean, if you're a
1: slow starter when you first get to work, if it takes you a while to ramp up, ask yourself if you sat in traffic. If you did, there's a very good chance that it's not even your fault.
0: (gasps) Maybe it's a good idea then to start a routine if that's you. Because maybe you have no choice but to commute, let's say, right? There's a lot of people in that scenario. What do you want me to do? Quit my job, losers? No. But here's what you can do now that you know this information is maybe... You take a walk before you enter work. So you get there and you finally park and you're through this commute and you feel lightheaded or stupid. Go for a little walk, clear your head, and then go inside. Is that a good idea?
1: It's a great idea. Get some fresh air before you go and suck in all the stale air with shitty furnace filters.
0: I'm gonna see you doing like laps in the parking lot tomorrow morning before our morning radio show, aren't I? Improving my cognitive ability. (laughs) I'm gonna sound real smart today, Kat. (laughs) I'm
1: I'm walking in circles. (laughs) Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of After 9. And, of course, on the radio shows tonight, 6 till 9 p.m. on Fresh 93.1. Mornings on Energy 95.3 and 91.5 The Beat.
0: Take care of yourself, friends. Bye.
1: Following the holiday travel meltdown, Southwest Airlines said that they're now testing a new software fix. Perfect. Just in time for the late January travel rush. (laughs) Google announced that it is cutting 12,000 jobs while Yahoo announced that it is now run by a family of raccoons. <laughs> hey guys, I heard about a company that's offering to pay a couple $1,000 to build IKEA furniture together. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to put IKEA furniture together with your spouse, but it ain't worth $1,000. Okay, uh... A 23-year-old Chihuahua in Ohio named Spike has been officially named the world's oldest living dog. The secret to Spike's long life, a lot of Chihuahuas look the same. (laughs) The After Nine podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy